Patrick Show. We're your host, Jordan and Patrick. A special episode. Yes. I mean, special just in the sense we're doing a fucking episode. <laughs> but we are doing an episode. We sure is. That's how it feels. Yeah. Um, we saw a film. As I recall, or as a horror film. Yeah, just last night we saw a film. Um, for anyone that follows us on uh, social media, we saw Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Finally, like three and a half weeks after it came out. Yep. But we did see it. Um, nothing was spoiled for me, though. Unlike, oh, yeah. Unlike you. Uh-huh. So it was all fresh to me, even though I, I knew some things were coming. I just had a feeling. And then toward the end there, I wondered if they were, and then they did, and I was blubbering all over myself. Yep. Trying not to heave in the seat because there are rocker seats in that theater. So anyone behind me would have seen my seat shaking. So I'm just gripping the seat like, don't cry. I mean, I'm already crying, but don't audibly cry. Don't let them know. Yeah, don't let them see. No one can see. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Yep. Oh, so much crying. It gets you. It gets you. Yeah. It gets you good. Oh, I'm making all kinds of noise over here. It's a good-ass movie. Can't pick things up. It's a great movie. It was yeah. great. And... I actually, it's one of those, it's, um, it's one of those, cause all right. So we complain about movies all the time being, oh, yes. being praised in spite of their flaws. Dallas and, would probably beg to differ, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is one of the movies that in spite of some of the flaws I had, some of the things I didn't really overly care for, mm-hmm. it's still a great movie. Like it's, yes. it's like the, the goodness in my opinion like outweighs the tiny issues that I had. And some of the issues still stand with me. Like by the time I got to the end of the movie, they didn't make it better, mm. but the movie is just good. I'm it, interested to hear what great. those issues are. I mean, they're very small nitpicky things. Right. Um, which we can go into after yeah, we, we can, yep. we can rate it first. Uh, well, I can try to guess your rating. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Let me pick one. Uh, uh, and a quick reminder, this episode of the Jordan and Patrick Show is brought to you by Modelo. Modelo, the best uh, around. Well, <laughs> yes, no one's ever <laughs> going to bring going to bring Modelo down. <laughs> That's true. As long as they're building houses in the neighborhoods we're working on, yeah, they're going to be drinking it. Uh, I was going to say, um, it's a framer's dream, man. As far as imported Mexican beers, right? Modelo's imported, right? Uh, I, th- I believe so. Yeah, yeah, it is a Mexican beer. Yeah. Yeah, right there. From, uh, I can't read. You got everything so dark in here. Oh, yeah. Mood. Sure. Mood Korea. Mood, I don't know. I can't pronounce words. <laughs> I thought I heard Korea. I don't think that's right. <laughs> but the the mainstream imported Mexican beers that yes. everyone loves, this this blows them all out of the water. Oh, yeah. It's the best. I don't I, don't I used care. to like Dos Equis, and now... Dos Equis isn't bad. It's, Corona it's, is awful. Is Corona Mexican beer? I feel like that's American beer Maybe trying to is. act like a Mexican beer. Because Americans suck. You know, Mexicans got the beer figured out. And Americans are like, oh, look, we made a Mexican beer. Whoever makes Corona, yeah. shame on you. <laughs> right? Shame. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. cow. Correct. No, Modelo's good, man. It is. Dos Equis is okay, but I like Modelo. Like, I like it better than your standard American beers. <laughs> like, yeah. if I, I want something light. I don't want a Budweiser no, or, or a Bud Miller Light. Light or Bud Light. No, I'll take a Modelo. I'm good. So, yeah, there you go. There's our sponsor. Appreciate you guys. I'd take I'd take a six-pack of Twisted Tea over Bud Light. Give, oh, give me that Twisted Tea, agreed. man. Bud Light is... I don't even care for <laughs> tea. Yeah. 
Correct. Yeah, gross. I would take anything alcoholic, and I hate vodka. I'd take anything over Bud Light. Over any of the American vodka lights. Vodka for days, bro. Vodka is yeah. great. Vodka is your friend. It can be. Vodka makes the pain go away. <laughs> so does bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, your rating. Um, are you going to guess? I am going to guess. Uh, uh, okay. I'm going to guess that your rating for Ghostbusters Afterlife, directed by Jason Reitman, is eight. Oh, I thought for sure you were going to guess nine. No. <laughs> after the last time, I was like, I'm going to give it a nine. No, he's going to guess that. Yep. Mm. No, actually, I settled on a 8.5. Nice. I nice. Think, I think right in there. Um, very good. Very mm-hmm. good. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And you. Hmm. I think. Is the force, Luke. I think you. Um. I think it carried your emotions all the way to the bitter end or great end, not bitter. I think you bitter gave too. it I think you gave it a nine. I did give it a nine. Yes. Yes. Uh, what do I win? <laughs> a <Medello. laughs> <laughs> Um and and not to go into spoilers yet to no, for we'll anyone that hasn't seen it, we will definitely get there. But just off the top, one of the things that really stood out to me that helped carry it to a nine, um, while I felt that it got a little slow, and it was only a two-hour movie, but it did feel a little slow at some parts, it blew me away was the acting of the two main characters, the two little kids. Right. The the little girl, um, Phoebe, mm-hmm. and then I cannot remember the little Asian kid's name with the awesome <laughs> hair. But those podcast. two podcast, that's all I know of. Yeah. But podcast and Phoebe, like, I don't even know if they give you his real name. I, I'm not sure. He, he, Cause he calls himself podcast. Right. Like it's not fair. They're so good at acting and they're children. I feel like I could be a good actor given the chance. <laughs> I know I could not be. I was up there on stage with that woman <laughs> in front of Lance and the whole world. They saw me. Yeah. You can ad lib. That's for damn sure. <laughs> No, those little kids are good ass actors, I'm like, I'm man. Like Joss Whedon's no, don't Steppenwolf. You all no. love me because that's a great villain. Uh, Just wants to be loved. Anyways, back to yeah, a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Anything that's not Joss Whedon because the kids made me nervous. You know me. I don't like movies. I don't. I don't. Not that I don't like. I don't trust movies where the main characters are children because how good of an actor can a child be? Yep. And, um, of course, this I grew up in the 90s when there was a kid in a movie. It was almost – it was nine times out of ten awful. Like even the little girl who plays Newt in Aliens. Yeah, dialogue, she's not it's, good. it's not great. No. And it's, and it's not her fault she was a child. No. yeah. And now movies come out and you're like, maybe it was a little bit her fault because <laughs> kids are great actors now. Um, and it's yeah. the information age, the digital age, yeah. man. It's changed kids. Phoebe killed it and yeah. podcast killed it. Yeah. Phoebe's older brother, whose name I do forget – he was good. Oh, from Stranger Things? Yeah. Yeah, he was. From, I knew yep. he looked familiar. I can't remember. Is, is he Mike? Is it, is it Mike or Will? No, nope. Will. Will's the little one yes. that disappears, so he's Mike. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen Stranger, I haven't seen Stranger Things. Things in years yeah. now. So. I still haven't seen season three. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. I know what happens in it, and I was like, nah, I'm good. I mean, I don't know oh, what it's happens great, in though. the I don't know what happens in the sh- in mm-hmm. the season, but I know one thing that happens. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. The, uh, the major. Yeah. Well, the, kind of, yes, the major thing, but there's other major things. And now I'm actually a little bit more out because season four, like, takes this whole weird 
turn away from everything. Like, it looks... Like, from the one trailer, it looks like it's, it doesn't even take place in the same kind of genre, almost. Like, it's, like they're going way out, which is fine. I'm not sure. It just it feels weird. Yeah. I'm I, sure it's going to be great. What's weird, and we're t- we were just talking about how bad child actors can be, but... All we've seen is great child actors lately. But Stranger Things yeah. is a great Stranger example. Stranger Things is a perfect All example. of those kids are growing up now, so they are going to have to pivot the tone a little bit. And we'll have to see how that plays out. Because now it's a high school, you know, or junior high at least. Yeah, it would be high school at this point. Because they're is, pivoting to that point in their the lives. Is the Demogorgon and the Upside Down thing, is that story wrapped up at the end of season no. three? Okay, that was my big concern. Because if they go okay, away no. from that, then I don't care. No, when you watch it, you'll understand okay. a little more of where they're at. Right. Um, in season four, I'll watch it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, it's good. good. It's, it's good. good. It's good. But yeah, I mean, that was one of the things for Ghostbusters. I was excited. The trailers look good, mm-hmm. but the big question mark was, I mean, which I guess it is with any film, but still, it's like, where are you going with this? Yeah. Like, all right, we get it. Here's the nostalgia crumbs. Where's the overall thing going to go? Um. And still, without going into spoiler range, we'll let you know before we do that. The beginning of the film set the tone perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, they could have started the film following the family. Yep. But they didn't. They started it with something a lot more important. And I, I knew, I mean, anyone that knows anything about the Ghostbusters yep. probably figured out what was going on. Oh, yeah. And so that was a perfect start to let the slow burn kick in because it got you hyped up and then, then the slow burn kicked. It, it kicks you in the emotional balls right from the get-go. Oh, yes. Right right when, like, cause it took me a minute because it's, you know, it's just a truck driving, blah, blah, blah. Again, we won't spoil too much. Right. But when you finally figure out what's going on in the beginning. Yeah. It's like, oh. We figure out who it is. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. And for me, I, I, I wondered, but I really didn't know till. the character gets back to the porch. Yeah. And then you see, like, a reflection. And I'm like, like, oh, okay. my gosh. Yep. But I did not expect said character to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you guys know our rating for the film. You should go watch it. Yep. Then you should come back because from here on out, it's going to be pretty uh, spoilery because it's, you know, it's hard for us to talk about a film without talking about the film. Yeah, I don't know how. Right? I'm literally like, what do you think about I'm incapable. It? No He's spoilers. Awesome. Uh, 8.5. <laughs> the end. The end. Yeah, like the... At, like, tell, tell me about it. I can't. I can't. It's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all you can really praise without spoiling something is acting, score... Plot. Plot, plot You know, good plot, you know. But, but that's the problem. Most reviewers get caught up in this whole comparison game. Because I don't feel like a lot of people know how to review things without spoiling things. And And they get caught up in comparing it to other things to try to get you to understand their review without spoiling it. And then they end up spoiling it by comparison. Yeah. It's a mess. But we are going to spoil the film going forward. So if you're interested in seeing it, go watch it. If you're not, just hang out. We'll talk about other shit after this. And if you haven't watched it yet, there's a good chance some of the things have already been spoiled for you online. Mm -hmm. Because the internet doesn't care if you've seen it because every fucker on instagram that's listening i love you and beyond that if you're gonna post a spoiler your first image with the spoiler alert is not enough to stop people from seeing said spoiler instagram automatically at least 3d 
Instagram automatically slides your pictures to the left now. Every time. So, so if you see it, spoiler, and you scroll past it, but then when you refresh your feed, if it pops up again, it's going, it's to, going to show the second slide. Yep. So you got to go three deep or you're fucking that's somebody a, that's over. That's exactly how Ghostbusters got spoiled for me. Mm. Scrolled, saw spoiler alert, scrolled past it, refreshed, checked out my news feed. That same post was now on the next picture. I never swiped it. Instagram automatically did yep. it, and I saw the big thing. And I was furious. Yeah. I mean, since we've covered going into spoilers now, uh, starting off with the death of Egon Spengler. Yep. Well, I didn't expect that. I don't know. See, that was one of the nice things. I only saw one trailer for the movie. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see three or four trailers. I had really had no idea what going in. I knew that the family inherited Egon's house. Yep. But I figured this was like... Way down the road. 15 years after he died, and I had no idea it was so soon. Oh, yeah. I thought for sure his character had been dead for a while. Right. Not dies. Yeah. Just now. Yeah. Modern day. So I didn't see the family drama part of it coming up. I didn't either. Like, I, I didn't expect that at all. And that's one of the other things that really hit me in the feels. But you start with the death of Spengler, and then you have this... Which is... As a side note, is a great thing for the Ghostbusters story, but also a great thing for Ghostbusters off-screen. To not just write his character off as have been dead, but Harold Ramis cre- helped create the Ghostbusters. So to have his character in it and you get to see what happened to him was, a, I think, a great way to respect and pay homage to him as a person as well as a character in this beloved franchise. Yeah, I mean, I'll get to that now. One of the main things I wanted to say, and I'll go ahead and blow my wad, is this movie really hit home for me how someone that appreciates core material from a certain (laughs) demographic's childhood can honor that material while also moving the material forward in a modern day. Yeah. It should not be as hard as it has been. And this movie really drove the nail home that fuck so many people that don't understand that they're working with a piece of childhood history for a lot of people. Let's just say, like, and don't get me wrong here, I love the Ghostbusters, but the Ghostbusters source material... Is nowhere near as deep. Right. It's very surface. As Star Trek and Star Wars, things like that. It's very surface. Um, Ghostbusters does have cartoons, toys, comic books, a lot of comic books. But when in comparison to Star Wars and Star Trek, their source material is almost without limit. Yeah. And you still fuck it up that bad. Right. And here's Ghostbusters with not as much source material. And granted... It was, no, no, it wasn't even, it wasn't even, I was going to say the same people had their hand in it, but they didn't. It, this one was directed by Jason Reitman. Yeah. Yeah. A whole new cast and crew yep. came on board. It was still Sony pictures. That was it. Yeah. But they respect the source material, advance the story without taking away from the original and honor the source material that you have free access to. Right. And all I could think of was. 
I mean, about halfway through the movie, it started hitting me. It's like, it's not that hard. It's not that fucking hard. I mean, it's difficult. I'm not taking away from the achievement. But to to honor and appreciate something and make... Okay, uh, honestly, it's like a love story. It's like Jason Reitman wrote a love story to all of us kids that grew up watching Ghostbusters. That's what he made with this film. He's like, I get it. Here's a love letter to all of you people that love this thing. Boom. It's not that hard. Yeah. And then you got people like Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams. We want J.J. Abrams wants, wants to copy paste. Ryan Johnson wants to break the buck and modernize. It's like, no. You can appreciate and move forward without destroying. And without copy and pasting. Right. I mean, it seems like as a society, we, we can't. All we do is destroy nowadays. Like, destroy everything. Destroy it. Destroy it. Cancel it. Destroy it. Like, there's no moving forward with anything. Right. There's only complaining and destruction. And it was, I don't know, it was refreshing to see something get appreciated. And you still manage to fit all the stuff in you need to go forward with the story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I I was curious just because we talked about him here. Um, So I, I had to look it up real quick. Because Jason Reitman, the name sounds familiar, but I didn't really know, like, what other films he'd made. Um, And he hasn't made a lot. Get out of here, IMDb. (laughs) But of the ones he's made, I've seen, like, none of them. So this was the first movie. His name sounds so familiar. Doesn't it? But this is the first movie he's made that I've seen. And it's a good one. Like most of them are he's, documentary shorts. He's one for one now. Yeah, he's one for one. Out of the park. Huh. Yeah, this is it. I mean, he made a movie called Tully with uh, Charlize Theron. I, I haven't seen it uh-uh. in 2018. But other than that, it's all been documentary shorts and TV episodes. Cool. So, yeah, good on y'all. We he's, will be watching your career yeah, with great, great interest. interest. Oh. Will be. Yeah, good on you, man. You yeah. made a good ass film. Good movie. Good ass film. Um I mean we don't have to do a full breakdown like we do with everything Bo- yeah. Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian. But jumping forward I'm gonna break Book of Boba Fett apart. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm gonna bend it over. Yep. Every <laughs> step he takes, Mike yeah. The fourth step he took, didn't care for it that much. No, I didn't care step, for it. The fifth, fifth step, step, the sand really yeah. kind of shifted over his foot. It was it was perfect. Be- be- it was beautiful. It's- <laughs> it was beautiful sand shifting. Great sand. So, like, uh, of course, I want to glaze over the whole middle and jump to the end of the movie. Not to take away from the majority of the film. It's awesome. Yes. So, before I get to the end, though. I thought Paul Rudd would be more of a main character than he was. Right. But I'm happy that he wasn't. Yeah. By the end of it. Because he felt, by the time you get to the end of the movie, you you see the parallels more with, um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Rick Moranis. Yeah. You see the parallels with him and Rick Moranis. You kind of do. It's like, this is awesome. It's cool. I do hope he's in the sequel. I do too. Like, I hope he's a mainstay character, which I think... He's absolutely on board for it because I know he's a he was a huge Ghostbusters fan as a oh, kid. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. He's he's a nerd, dude. He's I really love him. Geek. I wish I like the Ant Man movies more yeah, than I do. I just wish he'd be in DC movies, right? He needs to be uh, fan cast Paul Rudd. Oh, in DC. Boobie. <laughs> 
<laughs> no chance. <laughs> Paul Rudd. Yeah. Oh, Twitter would explode. Yep. A middle-aged white guy plays um, Blue Beetle. Yep. Twitter would explode. Hmm. Make him Hal Jordan. Make him a lantern. Yeah, he could be a lantern. He could a be goofy, one, of, one of the many. Guy yeah, or Hal or Kyle. DC fans are going to complain no matter what, though. Yeah, they he, are. He could play anyone and be like, I hate it. Right? Fucking sucks. Especially yeah. the lanterns. Oof. People get... Uh-huh. They get their panties in a wad. Yep. I don't know, but Paul Rudd's being everything. He should be. And he was great in this. Um, Oh, my gosh, dude. The, uh, I did not, I did not think the tiny Stay Puft Marshmallow Men were actually in the movie. Yeah, me either. I thought I that, thought was, that like was just an advertisement thing. for a funny thing. <laughs> right. And they're hilarious. Oh my, they're I'm, diabolical. I'm dying <laughs> laughing at all the horrible things they're doing to each other. And then when you get to the end and realize that they actually want to be made into s'mores. They want, I lost it. It's the funniest thing. Oh, so uh, good. The one like lays under a blanket of chocolate. Yeah, and he just like, lays snuggling. down. Yeah, like, comes ah. up with a blue, blue torch. <laughs> no, what got me the best, though. The blender. Was, no, the one that got run over. <laughs> he got run over and all you see is a smear of yep. white on the ground. <laughs> just marshmallow cream. The blender, I kept waiting on it. I know, it took like, forever. It, it took so long that I wondered if it was actually going to happen. Same. Because he's like floating in the air and whatnot. And then finally he gets... And then it happened so, so fast. <laughs> yep. So funny. And then every single one of them just has that huge, cute smile on their face the whole time. Oh, it's as awesome. As they're getting torn apart. It is awesome. I think my favorite one is the one that's impaled on the toothpick. <laughs> and then he grabs the toothpick and pulls, himself, pulls forward, himself through it. Still yeah. making that face. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. So happy about dying. Yes. Oh, yeah. The marshmallow men were awesome. So the, the small problems I had was... Mm. Um, and I can't think of a problem. It's it's not really even Except a problem. It's slow. just something that it's one of the things that makes me fully aware that it's a movie. And that's a big thing for me. Yeah, it's and it's it's really really small. It's not that big of a thing. It's just something I noticed. But it's how fast the daughter figures everything out. Like, um, she how fast she learns how to build the backpack. All right. Well, Which she it, did have Egon's help. It's funny because later she says, in the moment, she just like started tearing it apart. And you have the light shining on things, but she was still like, oh, it's missing two of these. Well, she asked him for those. Yeah. The, tra- the transistors yeah. or whatever. But then later she goes, oh, my grandpa helped me. So it's like, okay, more happened off camera. Yeah. Fine. But like when she wakes up and sees that the chest piece moved and she's just like, oh, and then just moves a piece and walks right. out. And then she comes back and she sees a chest piece lift up off the thing and move. And she's not a, a second like, holy crap, it's a ghost. She just moves another piece. What? what like, wow. So it's, that is one of the things, like I said, it's a small thing and yeah. I get it I, to a degree. Just like, she's so chill about what just happened. Because what does she say? Because podcast says something to her, I think after they destroy something with the proton pack. Um, He says something about why are you not freaking out or excited? And she, what did she say? Over, or overstimulation calms me. So I guess it's a sign of a genius. Like, w- we are simple. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah, she's a over, genius. It doesn't call me. I'd no. see that chest piece moving and I'd flip a board. <laughs> I'd run out. I'd scream. I'd call my out, mom. Run out in the yard naked. Yep. Ah! <laughs> Help me 
Tom Cruise. Use your voodoo magic to help me. Again, like I said, it's I don't. It's not really. I don't like using the word problem. It's not a problem. It's just one of those things. Where it hits you that way. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't really. To me, it's like, why would a character act like that? Why right. would a person act like that? But I get it. Whatever. See, this is one of the fascinating parts of film to me, or even doing the podcast. Like, it never bothered me in the slightest. Like, I was already on board that she was the smartest person in the room. Right. <laughs> and it's like, didn't phase me. Like, it's cool. It's still cool to me how things it, hit people it, different it, ways. It is cool. And like you said, like later when she says that, and that's kind of the explanation you get, that overstimulation is what relaxes her and calms or whatnot. So I get it. But seeing it in the moment, seeing a person who literally tells us, I don't believe in ghosts. Right. And then sees a chess piece pick up and move. And then it's just like, oh, cool. And then follows the ghost thingy yeah. down the whatever, whatever. She ain't afraid of no ghost. She ain't afraid of no ghost. I did love the scene when... Uh, Who are you going to yeah, call? <laughs> she's in jail. I think I get a phone call. Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? Oh, and I know that guy. His name's like Bo something. He's a good actor. He's a really good actor, and I can't remember his name. I'm almost positive it's Bo something. It's going to drive me nuts. The sheriff. He's in it very little. I'm surprised. I thought he was going to pop back up again, but he never did. The sheriff. I'm going to look it up. Logan Kim is the name of podcast, the actor, the actual human name of said child. Okay. Dude, Ernie Hudson's jacked. Ernie Hudson. What the hell? Yeah, Winston. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Like Why, his wow. IMDb picture, he's I'm got his ashamed. bicep hanging out. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Good on you, Ernie. Yep. I mean, we know J.K. Simmons is jacked, which I laughed a good hearty chuckle when I realized that Shandor was Simmons. Right. <laughs> it took me way too long to realize it. I didn't know until right at the end when it showed him, when right for his demise. Yeah, when he stands up and starts talking, I was like, what? All right, this is weird. Huh. So the voice of Muncher, which I don't know how Muncher has a voice. He just makes sounds. But Josh Gad was the voice of Muncher. Nice. Yeah. He's just eating stuff right? and screaming. How can you not credit the sheriff? Come on now. He's in yeah. IMDb. He at least has speaking lines. Is IMDb created by Joss Whedon? <laughs> no, because there's actually women in the cast. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. His, his, and an Asian child. That's true. He's He can't be bothered to... Include those people. Nope. All right. I'm going to do the quick googly. Ghostbusters oh, Afterlife. That guy. I know what. He, I, it was been killing me the whole time. The sheriff. He He's one of the mercenaries in The Rock. Oh, you're right. Yep. Very, uh, very smallish rule in that, too. But I feel like I've seen him in a lot of things. Actor, very good actor. Right. But never. You know, he's never been a main line character in anything, which is a bummer. It is, because I, I think he could do it. Bo Keem Woodbine. I knew his name was Bo something. It's Bo Keem Woodbine. I don't know what all he's played in. That's a but cool ass name. It is a cool name. His first name is Bo Keem? Bo Keem. That's a cool name. That is a cool name. He played in that Spencer Confidential Netflix film with uh, Mark Wahlberg, but I'm I'm good. I'm going to name my first son Bo Keem. I'm good, Marky Mark. He was in Total Recall with Colin Farrell. Yes, he was. I don't remember that. Yep. Ah, Devil. That's the movie I'm thinking of. I haven't seen Devil. Uh, the Elevator movie? No, it's a good movie, actually. 
He's in Overlord? I don't remember that. Oh, that's a good, a good movie. movie. He's in Spider-Man Homecoming, probably briefly. I don't know. He's oh, in my lo- gosh. He's in a lot of he movies. He is. He's Shocker. Holy shit. Yep. When the first Shocker dies, he gives him yep. the things. He's like, I guess you're the Shocker now. <sighs> good on you, Bokeem. Yeah. He kills it in that. Yeah. He's a good actor, man. He is. And just the way he delivered that line, who are you going to call? I like it too because I almost cried right there too. I'm like, because uh, uh, they did it in a way like he hesitates when he says it just enough for the audience to be like, is he going to say that? I know what he's going right? to say. And then he steps forward and says it like, oh, chills. Yep. So, so good. So good. So good. So good. Um, But overall, like the only issue as far as my issues with it, the only thing that would take that final star off is I felt like it drug a little bit. Mm-hmm. In the middle. Like, we knew where you were headed at this point. The family drama was already fleshed out enough for me. Like, most of it was fleshed out enough, and they still kind of lingered there for maybe 10 minutes longer than I, I would have liked. Didn't kill the film for me at all, but it did feel like, all right, we need to move forward. And we finally did, but that that was the one hang-up for me. Like, it could have moved... And I hate saying this because I'm someone that wants movies long and slow burning. Right. But it, it Six, could have moved. League is four hours. That's <laughs> right. not long enough. I want five. Correct. It personally could have moved just a tad quicker. Tad quicker. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my only so now, real gripe with the film. Now I'm thinking about it because I, so I had several things pop up when watching it that I was like, really? But as the movie progressed, they were answered. Like – um. Like her figuring the backpack out. Mm-hmm. Like on screen, it happens really, really quick. But then later she's like, well, my grandfather helped me. And I was like, okay. So more, I got past it. M- more happened off screen and he, he helped guide her through the thing. Whatever. That's cool. That's So my issue was answered. And then like her not being scared, I guess is answered later in the movie. I just totally didn't put the two together like, like you brought up. One of the issues I did have was... Here we go. The bad guy is Shandor and Gozer again. Again. Come on. You can't do anything. By the time I got to the end of the movie, I was like, no, it all makes sense. Yeah. It all makes sense that Gozer is still trying to get into this world. Yeah. And that, and the way the story goes, like, I'm 100% okay with it. Yeah, I I can't see it being any other way. Because this movie is, like I said, like a love letter to all the old things. So to make a final four Harold moment, yeah, absolutely, you know, it has to be Gozer. Has to be, yeah, it has to be a callback to the original, and the team has to come together. Has to end the way one began. more time. Mm-hmm. Yep, one more time to do this, and now you can move forward. Yep, now you oh. can tell other stories. Honestly, yeah, because if they just went ahead and made a new Ghostbusters movie, and then that's all they did was like, um, Egon passed away. 10 years ago and they just moved on that would suck that's kind of what i thought was going to happen yeah. too before go but then before yeah, i watched they, it they bring him in they bring back the original enemy oh um, yeah they do some awesome throwbacks to the original movie like she has no idea who they are getting way into the end territory now uh, i mean i'm ready for but it when I'm she's like are it. you a god and they all stop and look at each other <laughs> and he's like uh yes <laughs> Because the very original one, yep. he's like, no. And then she almost he kills tries him. tries something else. And it's Ernie Hudson, I believe. It's um, Winston who says, if somebody asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Yep. Didn't work. Um, 
one of the things that really caught me, and it was a cool, I guess, modern way of doing things, but like the movies, it's it's a comedy. Like if I were to classify it as a genre, it's it's a drama slash comedy. Mm-hmm. But one of the things it did really well was showing how actually scary Gozer is. Oh, yeah. Like, because when she's coming out of the field and you have all the electricity going through her and it's changing her appearance and you're kind of seeing what's underneath. And there's talons. She's not not There's fangs. Yeah. yeah. There's like fangs and it's scary. Just the face thing and the smoke looking up from the well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. what is this? Like, they did a great job of showing the yeah. kind because of what's it, underneath the, the it is beautiful facade. It should be yeah. scary. I mean, the original one, I look at it now as an adult, and it's not scary at all. But it has elements that are actually kind of creepy. As a kid, it the, creeped the me The librarian out. is pretty creepy. Oh, yeah. Um, and things like that. It's, so, yeah, there's a balance. And yeah. I think they nailed the balance pretty well. I mean, to get to the main overall tear-jerking, weeping moment, though... Because while I was expecting, and it got close to the end, and I was wondering if it was going to happen. Like, I started to truly believe, are they especially, not going to show up? Yeah, especially after we already saw Dan Aykroyd. On the phone, and, and it's he hangs final. up. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Well, no, but, she gets disconnected. Yeah, well, I mean, when he hangs up, it, oh, it seems yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's he's, the end done, of it. With he's it. done with it. Yeah, they just covered a little backstory on yep. Egon. They're not going to yeah, show up. Yeah, that's all that. That was just here yeah. to, to explain things. When I did see him, when that phone call went through, more tears. Like, uh, it's so oh, good. yeah. As soon as I saw, because the trailer I saw was from the phone, and all you see is his hand pick up the phone. Oh, I did see that. And he's like, um, hello, or this this phone's no longer. He said something I don't remember. Yeah. But you can tell it's the inaccurate. Yeah. I full blown expected that to be the extent of his, oops, the extent of his appearance in the movie, just yeah. kind of like in the shadow or whatever. You get to see light on him and everything. There's Dan Aykroyd in all yep. his glory. Sitting there. Right. And it's it's awesome. It's on the nose to an awesome extent. Dan Aykroyd is a conspiracy nut, a UFO guy in real life. Like, that's the kind of guy he is. <laughs> and so for him to have a shop like that and to be that kind of person and then to portray him as he is in real life, it, it's just so fitting. But I, I wondered before we got to the end, I'm like, are they going to show up? But the one thing I never thought would happen, uh, and I don't know why, like it seems obvious now that it was going to happen, but I didn't think about it, was that they were, you know, they would do a digital version of Harold Ramis yeah, as I, Egon. I had no idea about It's that. obvious that they were going to, given how it, the movie played out. I see that now, but I didn't expect it. So when the whole shit's going down... Well, I mean, I really don't know how obvious it is either, though, because in the entire franchise from... I mean, it seems obvious now. Well, yeah, but um, I don't think they ever have, like, a a good ghost, like, ever. Like, their whole premise is that ghosts are haunting people, so they go and they capture the ghost. There's a lot of passive ones that don't actively harm people or seek people out and whatnot. He's the first good ghost. But it doesn't seen. seem like there's one that's sentient enough to still be good. Yeah, I wonder if it's because most of the ghosts that get left behind are villains or like possessed Maybe. by creatures, Maybe. but he only hung out long enough to help and then he can move on to the afterlife. Right. That might be like he was Maybe. literally just hanging out to help them catch Gozer and then he could move on. Yep. 
I don't know, but but the and fact there's probably that, some sort of like strength thing too because he never manifested himself no. for the entire movie. Right, he just until waited. when he needed to manifest That's true. himself. But when he did, mm. like when she's trying, everything's going to shit, and you're like, "What's going to happen here?" And because, then she's holding the pack, and she's somehow standing toe to toe with Gozer, and you see the but the she's ghost losing hand. that fight. She is. She's still slipping, yep. but you see the ghost hand on her oh. hand, and I was literally like. <gasps> I had to hold it because I was going to heave in the seat. Yeah. Like, you know when you're getting your ass beat as a kid? Yep. Stop crying. Or, that, like, stop crying. I can't. <laughs> yep. That's what happened to me. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm going to go. And everything after that. I got so many things in my eyes. Yes. Everything after that was the same way because I thought they'd be done. Like no, you, have, you have Egon helping her. And then the Ghostbusters show up, and there's Bill, and there's Dan, and there's Ernie, and they're talking. And then you get through all the shit after that, and they beat Gozer, and you think you are done. Mm-hmm. And no. Now they get to talk to Egon. Yep. Uh, like, Ernie's like, I wish I would have called. And I was like, oh, God, yep. shit. So, and sorry. Dan Aykroyd's like, I'm sorry. sorry I'm like, I oh, shit. Sorry I didn't believe you. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Everything and then they his said. daughter, who spends the whole movie hating oh him. Oh, my God. Hating him because he you know, ran out on the family and betrayed I'm him. I'm going to cry right now. And he ran away <laughs> to be this crazy old man living in, in, as a dirt farmer and no one knew why. She finally sees why he did it, and she she gets to hug him. Yeah. Who? I'm getting chills right now. Yeah. If we were on YouTube, everyone would see me cry. They would, they'd see me cry yeah. for sure. Who? It's a good-ass I, movie. I loved it, and I was like, all right. So, any time. Anytime you make a movie where the main father is very protective of his children, gets me. That's all it takes for me to be like. <sighs> but then you throw it in as a perfectly, beautifully rendered Harold Ramis, and you get all the callbacks to the original, and you get a not only a great. A great way to tell the story and still involve him. You can tell that it was done with great love for him as a person. Right. And a character, not just a character. Not just, you know, a nostalgia thing to get people to like, throw Harold Ramis in there to get people to watch it or whatever. Like, no, you could tell this was done with great care and great love for him as a person. Yeah, a great example or a great way to portray what I was trying to say earlier and piggybacking off what you said is... This was made with love and reverence and appreciation. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, Star Wars and Star Trek, we're looking at you. They're made with, you can tell they're studio things. Like yep. a studio made this. Yeah, give us this for nostalgia. Give us this for that. Yeah, give us this you can to tell, make money. Yeah, you can tell it's done to get the viewers up yep. so that they can make money. This and was I made get with it, love. It's a business, but if you make things right, if you make things like this, the views will come. Yep. If you build it, they will come, yeah, damn you, it. I mean, even if you... And I know nobody wants it to happen, especially in a business like movies. But if you look at things like um, Brandon Lee's The Crow, it didn't do very well in the box office. But they made the movie they wanted to make. They made it as true to their vision as possible. And I know a lot of people blame Brandon... Brandon Lee's death on why the movie made money. And that's the only, like, no, it's a terrible tragedy, of course. Right. Not, not taking away from that. But year, as years passed and people realized what a great movie it was, 
It's made tons of money now. Tons. Yeah, it's become a cult classic. And it's classic. one of those movies that when I find somebody who hasn't seen it, I go out of my way to try to make sure they watch it. Yeah. I, I made Nate watch it. It's one of those things. And I don't know. They just they stayed true to what they wanted to do. They made a beautiful movie, a great movie. And the views came. And I know that's not what you want. You you don't want to make money over 10 years. No, yeah. It you needs want to be to a box a, office hit. Yeah. Boom. But I don't know. You just when you when you make things specifically to make money, I, I mean, I, I guess it works. I can't say it doesn't work. No. I, I hate it, yeah. but it works. When you keep pumping out Fast and Furious movies, left after left, left after right, left oh, after yeah. right, yeah, <laughs> hand and fist, oh yeah, yeah, foot over hand, foot over hand, <laughs> two in the bush. <laughs> when you when you make a Fast and Furious movie and you lead it to water, but you don't make it drink, that's right, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it speaks it to the audience. Yeah, it speaks to the audience nowadays, too, though. And I'm going to sound like Ridley Scott here when I talk about millennials and shit. But it's true. Like, as an audience, the things that drive crowds to theaters are disappointing to me. Yeah. Like, if you're not watching a continuation of the MCU or Fast and Furious or it, some big goofy blockbuster comes, like nothing else yeah, makes money it, comes down to, it doesn't have to be good it doesn't have to be thought-provoking it doesn't have to be grandiose and exciting it doesn't have to be intriguing it doesn't have to be enthralling it just has to be exciting anymore and that's all it is people go they get to see the shiny suits they get to see the explosions they get to see the guns and the arrows and, and the big green guy destroy buildings and it's exciting I don't want to take away from that. There's a place for that. There is a place for it's that. It's just, it's sad to me when, you know, a director like Ben Affleck can make Live By Night, Live by Night a yeah. great movie. And he puts thought into the story and there's drama and there's intrigue and there's betrayal and there's all this and you pay attention to it and it's good. It's a good movie and it gets shit on. Yeah. He puts his life work out there and, and they just, shit all they over shit it. All over it. But if you're making an Iron Man movie or a Thor movie or or you know anything, that was a superhero movie because DC does the same thing. I don't I don't want to. To me, no, it's not just Marvel. It's DC yeah, too. I was gonna say to me personally, DC movies are better, but it's it's the same concept. You're yeah. throwing in a superhero. There's explosions. There's villains. The planet's in danger. People go see it. Yeah, I mean, and to clarify, and this may not be the same for you, but it probably is. But for me, it's not the DC movies are better. It's that, in my personal opinion, Zack Snyder DC movies are better because they have the, more things that appeal to me. Yeah, yes. Like they have emotion, they have heart, they have you know story and, and layers to the thing they're trying to tell you and they have about the character. Death and defeat. Yes. They have all these things that I appreciate on top of amazing visuals. Mm-hmm. Most superhero movies, is DC and Marvel, not all. Eh. Outside of Zack Snyder's films in the current DCEU, yeah, I think they're all very surface. Like, Marvel still has some deep films. Like, I think Infinity War is a phenomenal movie. Like, there's a lot of really good movies in the MCU. In the DCEU, you have the Nolan things that are before Zack, which all have all those great things that I love. But beyond Zack's films... And Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman, which was in the heart of... Yeah. You know, the whole Snyder thing going on. Beyond that, 
beyond Zack Snyder's Justice League, they're all very surface. Like, I really enjoy Aquaman, but it doesn't have layers to it. it it's just a fun superhero yeah. romp. It's an exciting movie. Yeah. It it, it fits the bill for yep. what you were explaining. Wonder Woman 84 is a disgrace to film. <laughs> it, it, it just is. Um, Shazam is just... If, if it's a kid's movie, you know, it, it, it just is. Like, it has some dark moments, but by the time you watch it beginning to end, it's a kid's movie. I convinced movie. myself I really liked it. It's, but, a, it's okay. But not, it's a 6.5 for me. I obviously didn't like it enough to watch it again. I've yeah. seen it the one time. I've seen it three three times now, and it's 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 okay. I mean, it's it's a fun watch if you're bored. Um, My point Trying not to, we went way off again. Yeah, we're going off. off Movies today with the audience today. Yeah, movies. All they got, all they got to do to make money is be a superhero movie and be exciting. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because even being exciting doesn't cut the bill all the way. You know, you Ryan Reynolds makes exciting movies all the time and they fail, and that's that's all he does. Like he, that's, he's because, a that's just because to, Ryan Reynolds plays I. every single movie as Ryan Reynolds. I know it's disappointing. Like, he's beautiful people, and people awesome, like, but Ryan Reynolds was the perfect Deadpool. It's like no, he wasn't. Deadpool was the perfect Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Correct. Right? Ryan Reynolds. I've seen him in movies all my life, yep. and he's, he's the always exact been the same, same guy. Yes. He's been Deadpool in every single movie. Yeah, and then You're Deadpool right. movie opens up and lets him play Deadpool, and like, ah, this is the role he was built for. Yeah, this is what we've seen him do. Yep. And now in everything else, it's like he's still being Deadpool. Yeah. Like even in the trailers for the movie with the Rock and Gal Gadot, every line he says he's is Deadpool. like, "That's a Deadpool thing." Yeah. That's a Deadpool thing, and I would never trash Ryan Reynolds. I love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I he's mean, awesome. And the Deadpool movies are great, and they're super fun. But that's 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 who he is. Yeah, that's Ryan Reynolds, and I see what you're saying. Like he makes movies outside of Deadpool, and they don't really right. But he does do. something that's really good, like Safe House with Denzel Washington. Like he's he yeah. acts seriously throughout the film. It's a serious film. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing film, and it's like no, like do that more, Ryan yeah. Reynolds. I like this Ryan Reynolds. I don't need Free Guy every time you make a movie. I don't need Hannibal King. <laughs> exactly. In every single movie. Yeah. There's movies where it fits. Hannibal King. Correct. And Deadpool. And honestly, I would like to see him... I would like to see them canonize the Blade movies and then make a Hannibal King movie with Ryan Reynolds. I yes. think it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. He was a great Hannibal King. Yep. Just need a little parody out of you, guy. Yeah. Just a little bit. But that's the same with all people, though. Like, my favorite, The Rock... Dwayne Johnson is things like Doom and things like Walking Tall, where he actually you see that he can has to act. be a great actor, not just The Rock. I mean, I'll still say Faster is his best movie. It's a serious film. He crushes it with acting. Or Gridiron Gang. Grid- Gridiron Gang is yep. a great, great yeah. example. Like, The Rock can act. I still haven't seen Faster, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, The Rock can act, you know. He, he doesn't can. have to do the formula that he always does. Mm-hmm. But, like you said earlier, what gets butts in the seats? Excitement. I guess that's all it takes. Yeah. That's all it takes. You would get excitement if you watch Ghostbusters, too. I think you would. Um, it's great. I mean, it made, it had a big opening weekend, made some money uh, for the, for the, pandemic era of the box office where nothing makes money anymore 
except for superhero films. Mm-hmm. It launched up there with superhero films Good. as far as opening weekend. The Ghostbusters are superheroes. They are. They're not the just people. They're the heroes that we need. <laughs> we need. That's one thing that's great about them. They're just dudes. They're just guys, man. They're just people. Just science. Just three dudes. brothers. Yep. Just three just regular brothers. brothers with a ghost I three, brother. I said they're just dudes, but then realized um, the, the the granddaughter Phoebe's probably going to be Aww. a Ghostbuster. Yeah, and, and I'm can't good wait. with it. She's I, awesome. She is awesome. So good. I man. can't wait. She like embodies what. Spangler was. She was. She's exactly she's the same. She's a reincarnation of Spangler. It's so and it's good. Awesome. Oh, that's one of the things that hit me the whole time, the whole movie. I'm watching it like, what the hell? She looks like him, dude. When her she, facial structure is the same. When she puts her his glasses over her glasses, and they're the exact same glasses. I lost a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but the the facial structure, uh-huh. the, the high cheekbones and the and narrow the, chin, narrow, it's yeah. all there. I'm like, what the he- this casting. Give an Oscar to whoever cast this film because it's perfection. Casting directors should get rewards. Absolutely. That should be a category. There are some movies where it's like, how did you think of that? Right? That is perfect. Zack Snyder. (laughs) (laughs) I had to do it. I'm sorry, audience. I'm sorry. Nobody could have done this any better. Yeah. I'm honestly, and I know people have their problems with them, but if you look at the Fox X-Men movies. Like, oh. Whoever chose those actors needs a reward. Yeah. Everything from casting James McAvoy as Xavier and Michael Fassbender as Magneto, all the way down to casting Kevin Bacon as the bad guy in the first movie. Mm-hmm. He killed it. It's You guys did this exact... You did your job. You understood the assignment. You did it the best you could. I mean, you think about it. How many Academy Award winners did they cast? Because I'm pretty sure... And I could be wrong. I, I, okay. I'll put it this way: How many Academy Award nominees did you cast? Because I know James McAvoy. I'm pretty sure has been nominated. Hmm. Michael Fassbender, if not, should have been nominated he, at some he's point. He's one of the best actors of our time. He's so good. Um, Jennifer Lawrence. I know she's been nominated. She's won. She may have won one. Yeah, she won one because I was pissed. She won one before Gary Oldman did. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence has won one. Yep. Um, Nicholas Holt. I don't know if he's been nominated yet, but he's a phenomenal he's actor. He's a great actor. He should be nominated at some point. But you're right. I mean, to, to speak on that, the casting. Now, they could have gotten better writers for well, some of them, but the casting was perfect. They even getting um, Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. Jean Grey, yeah. She won awards on Game of Thrones. Emmys. Yeah. Yeah. I did she win? I know. I know she was. I'm up not there. sure. I know. I know it's won Emmys, and I'm pretty sure she's at least been nominated for it. Yeah. If not, she should have. And I guess it's oh, hard because Game of Thrones yeah. is one of those shows that has such a massive cast. It's hard yeah. to really credit every single person. But it speaks to what you're saying: is that the power of casting, the importance of casting. Like it's it's an overlooked thing that should be a, a category every bit as much as costume design. You know, you can get right. an Oscar for costume design. You should be able to get an Oscar for casting. Well, it's like the guy who, you know, they cast Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn. You cast... I believe it was a woman that cast the Lord of the Rings stuff. Uh, I think you, a lot of the casting directors are women. They're smart. And they're awesome. Well, they're of course smart. they are. They're smarter than us. Yeah. You cast um, Ian McKellen as Sir Gandalf, and it was supposed to be Sean Connery. Oh, thank goodness yeah. it wasn't. 
That would have been awful. You know, there's the whole thing is um, the whole trail of why Sean Connery. I, I don't know if it's true or not, but supposedly the trail of why Sean Connery left acting is because he was given the script of Lord of the Rings and he turned it down because he didn't understand any of it. He didn't know what was going on. And then it went on to be made and it made ridiculous amounts of money and won awards and everybody loved it. It was praised the world over. So somebody else came to him with a script and he didn't understand it and he took it. And it was the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which got panned and trashed by everybody across the world. Which isn't fair. Which is to this I day. I like that movie. His last movie. Oh, it is. Yeah. He never oh. acted again after that. He probably felt like I'm out of touch, you know. I don't know. I don't know what's up. Which sucks because I really like Sean Connery. I do too. I did. But yeah, I, I did. I mean, God rest his soul. But he was somewhat one dimensional, you know, to to an extent. And I, I just don't think he could have brought the same. You shall not pass. <laughs> Fool of a took. Next time, throw yourself in and relish of your stupidity. Yeah, yeah, Scottish, you shall not pass that kind uh, of He's not Scottish, he's that, a Spaniard. Yeah, that, oh, <laughs> fuck. The classic Highlander. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm a Spaniard from Spain. <laughs> no, you're not. Not even close, <laughs> sir. No, you are not. No. I'm going to look this up just real quick to make sure I'm 100% correct. But yeah, I'm give it a sure... wee tickle. <laughs> Pretty sure. Oh, new trailer for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Oh, have you not seen that? I've not even heard of it. Oh, it's good. Didn't know this was a thing. It's good. It's good. Sean Connery. Trying to think what would be the best line that Gandalf speaks. That would be the best line to be spoken by Sean Connery. It was pity the state Bilbo's blade. All right. Fly, you fools. Can you imagine Sean Connery saying, fly, you fools? I can't. Fly, you fools. No, there's no way. Yeah, League of Short Angel Men, 2003, his last movie. He then came back to do the voice of James Bond in the PlayStation 2 game from Russia with Love, which was an amazing game. Then he narrated Modern Greeks something or other, a TV documentary, and then he did a voice for Sir Billy in 2012. Some cartoon animated thing. Mm. Last time you saw him on screen was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm. That bums me out, man. I mean, but he, he had an amazing life, an amazing career. Dude, he, made a he lot was, of movies that I love that are endearing. When he retired from acting, they gave him the Lifetime Achievement Award. He, uh, he won that. He yeah. deserved it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, for James Bond alone, not including the amazing stuff he made outside of that, like The Rock. The Rock is still, to this day, one of my favorite action movies It's so good, man. I mean, but you look at the cast. You got Sean, you got Nick, you got Ed Harris. I mean... Ed Harris can do anything. How could you not? I mean, how could that not be? Then even Mm. the backup cast, because you had... I always forget his name. Crispus Attucks. John McKinley. John C. McGinley? No. John, John Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I, I always get his name confused with John C. Riley. 
No, no, no. John John McKinley, McKinley yeah, from Scrubs. He's, he's in, in that? Yes. He's in it. He's one of the I mercenaries. I need to watch The Rock. Bo Keem was one of the mercenaries. No way. That's yeah, awesome. We just covered that. Did we? Yeah. I forgot. You looked at it, you're like the sheriff, and I was like, oh my God, he's one of the he's one of the mercenaries from The Rock. Oh, you're right. You did yeah. say that. Um and Michael Bain is one of the SEALs. You sure about that, Clark? Yes. Michael awesome. Michael ba- What how long has it been since you've seen The Rock? If I if I had to guess, My, literally, if I had to guess, seven years. Michael Bain is the one who's standing up in the sewer when they're getting oh, ambushed. Oh fuck! And he's like, I will not give that order. Yes. Yeah. All right, I need to watch that. Yeah, I need it's to watch such the Rock. A good movie. It is a good movie. I remember that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. From Ghostbusters to the Rock, we got you covered. We cover everything. We do. So you want to cover something in uh, closing? Yeah, what do you want to cover? We've gone for an hour. You want to cover quickly some of the categories for the Game Awards, which happened uh, Thursday night? All right, what categories? I will say this. I've already said it to you, but I'll say this to the audience. As a fan of Dragon Age, I'm gutted. I'm heartbroken. I'm wrenched. You know, Dragon Age Day was rent, December. Rent your clothes and cover yourself in ashes oh, like they yeah. did in the Bible. Oh, yeah. I'll flog myself. <laughs> Shame. Shame. Um December 4th was Dragon Age Day. They raised over $25,000 for Able Gamers, so good on you, um, Dragon Age Day, for doing that. Because a quick side note that no one will give a shit about, the Dragon Age Day Twitter account was created by someone that is just a normal someone. And it blossomed into, since 2017, December 4th being the actual Dragon Age Day. And they will have members of the Dragon Age games and things like that come on and do fundraisers and they raise money for able gamers. And this particular December 4th, they raised over $25,000 for able gamers. So good on you, Dragon Age fans. You're awesome. But on Dragon Age Day, Bioware released a statement saying thank you basically for being amazing. We can't wait till next year where we can talk more about Dragon Age. Mm. So my excitement for the Game Awards fell like 75 mm-hmm. notches. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have hope that maybe there'll be a little teaser of something. Maybe a little, you know, still image of Solus's ass cheek or something. I don't know. I'll take whatever I can get. I will. I hate that guy. You haven't finished the game. Okay, I he's still hate when you that guy. The game. I hate that guy. He's a he's an important he's player. A, he's an annoying yeah, player. Which is weird because he's... He bitch. seems like such a small player, but he's a big ass player. In the overall, I, scheme. I get to the, I'll kill him if I get the chance. It's just for me personally, just like Anders, just like Anders. Really, I I hate them both. Ooh. Hate them both. I Very don't know. interesting. And I hadn't finished part two either. I know what happens to Anders, but I haven't yeah. finished the game. Anders part two, I've played through it four or five times. I can never make. I can never side with Anders. No, he's a fuck. I want to, but I can't. No, can't I, I just can't. Execution. But there will be no Dragon Age, but there will be Game Awards either way. And we'll get announcements and we'll get appreciation for the games of the year and we'll get all this shit. And I personally, a lot of people think they're, you know, divisive and all this shit. I don't. I, it, the Game Awards is a cool thing. It celebrates games. I enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you my game of the year at some point, but of all the categories, I don't know. Just tell me if any of these speak to your fancy you've got best game direction so basically best director i guess best narrative best art direction best score and music 
It's irrelevant to me. They didn't give it to Divinity 2 back in the day. It's been dead to me ever since. Best audio design? Meh. I mean, no shade to the people that do that. They're much more amazing than me. Um, best ongoing game? So that's going to be Fortnite every time. Best yeah, it's indie easy game. when you just steal shit from other games. <laughs> right? Best indie game, best mobile game, I don't give a shit. Best community support, I don't know what that means. <coughs> Innovation, inaccessibility. Oh, dude, that trailer for the Xbox thing that lets uh, disabled people play, that I cry every time. Give it to Xbox, whatever it is. Microsoft, give it to them. Best VR, there's really no comp. Well, I don't know, the Oculus may have that taken. Like you can get so much more in the Oculus than you can on the PlayStation VR. Yeah. Best action game, best adventure game, best role-playing game, best fighting game, best family game, best strategy game, best sports game, best multiplayer game, content creator of the year. Interesting. Best debut indie. All right. Most anticipated game. I'm curious what that would be. Best esports game. Best esports athlete. Best esports team. Best esports coach. Best esports event. So I think it's safe to say we're not going to talk about any of the esports stuff. I'm just going to just say it right now. I don't give a fuck about esports. I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Either. It infuriates me actually a little bit because video games are fun. I enjoy playing video games. Or you can make a career out of them. Yeah. Like, fuck you. You shouldn't make $25,000 for sitting your ass in a chair playing Call of Duty one time. Twenty five thousand. No, I'm just talking like during like a tournament. Not the people who more. do it. Not the people who do it annually for their job, but just the guy who enters a tournament and wins twenty five thousand dollars. Fuck off. That's bullshit. But whatever. Even still, I think it's a lot more than twenty five thousand. Yeah, well, it was twenty five thousand dollars last time. I gave a fuck. <laughs> and then, now you get people signing deals, doing teams. It's fuck you. Yeah. You f- whatever. Infuriating. I mean, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad we live in a world where you can do that kind of shit. It's right. cool to have freedom and you can do those things, but also a little bit fuck you. Yeah, I wish a little bit fuck you. Yeah, I mean, I play Call I mean, of Duty. If, some if days. I were good enough to win the money, absolutely, right. I'd do it. Right. I, no shade towards people who do it. It's just infuriating that that people can. Like some days, I hop on and play Call of Duty. I'm like, yeah, I can go toe to toe with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking owning. And then two matches later, I'm like, all right, I'm going to turn this game off all and right. break my controller. Three, three and 11. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it was last night, actually. I was trying to get the trophy for get to level 55. And I went like 29 and 6. And I was like, oh, I'm the fucking best at this game. Yeah. And the next match, I quit out because <laughs> I was like 2 and 8. I'm like, ah. Done. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's a lot of categories. I don't want to go over all of them. No, I just there's, want to, there's far too many. Yeah, I want to kind of touch on some things, but I guess the ones I'm curious about. So the nominees for best action game. There's only five. But the five nominees for best action game are as follows. And I quote. And I quote. Stink, stank, stunk. Uh, Back for Blood, which I have not played yet. Chivalry 2. Awesome. Awesome game. Deathloop. Mm. Uh, Far Cry 6. I'll never give it to Far Cry. I'm sorry. Personal bias. Everything. I'm out. You can't give to Far Cry 6 best action game when it's a copy-paste of Far Cry 5, <laughs> Far Cry 4, Far Cry 3. Exactly. Uh, and Returnal. 
Those are the five oh. best action game uh, nominees. That's sad because of those, I've played Returnal. Oh, no. You played Chivalry. We played, oh, I did play Chivalry. So Chivalry, Chivalry, Returnal. Um, yeah, definitely. When Back is the blood. Game Awards? Yeah. Uh, Thursday. Oh, never mind. I was yep. going to say I need to buy one of these other games and play it and give it a shot. But I've got no money before Thursday. Um, you know, I think they, I think Returnal is going to take that one. They all look fun. Yeah, Deathloop looks fun, and Back for Blood looks fun. I played the the demo, the alpha and the beta, and it was fun. I mean, we know what Back for Blood is. Back for Blood is just one know. of those games I'm not going to pay for until I have friends who are going to play it as well. Yeah. But we know what Left yeah. for Dead is, yes. so we know what Back for Blood is. So I could see it winning, but honestly, out of these five, I, I think Returnal is probably going to win it, and mainly because Returnal didn't get nominated for I don't think anything else, and a lot of people on Twitter were upset about that. So I think if this is one of the only categories uh, Returnal pops up in, it's going to take it. So I can't say too much because I haven't played the others except for Chivalry Two. But playing Returnal, I would not be mad if it won it. Oh, it's I wouldn't a, either. It's a great game. It's a fun game. It's a hard-as-fuck game. It's an annoying game, but it's it's a good game. It's one of those games where I really want to know what's going on, so I want to keep playing it. Yeah, but I have to put the work into, <laughs> into figuring but it out. But it is work. It's hard. It's hard, it's man. Fun. It says the guy who beat the first boss in the first try. I am still a little salty about. Yeah. But the second territory you go to, mm-hmm. fuck that place. Is it the desert? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I hate it. I hate it there. It's, I don't like it. It's a silly place. It is a silly place. So we got best action game. This should be interesting. I wonder what best role playing game. So the nominees are as follows. Monster Hunter Rise. I don't know. Mm. I've, I played Monster Hunter World. I haven't played Rise. I don't know what the difference is. Shin Megami Tensei 5. <laughs> okay. Scarlet Nexus. Oh, that does look like a sweet game. Tales of Arise. Which I think I'm getting for Christmas, and I'm excited. It looks good. And Cyberpunk 2077. I'm so glad it got on the list because people are going to shit a brick, and dude, I'm like, nah, I, give them the fucking I win. Hope it wins. Me too, dude. Uh, as far as our as far, best, my role, experience was great with the best game. Role playing game. That's the thing. If you're just going by role playing game, which the, is, the, the category is best role playing game. So I'm saying which game allows me to play a role more than other games. Which is lost. Like Which, people yeah. have forgotten what role playing game means. Yeah, because we literally just watched a video the other day of best RPGs of twenty twenty, yeah, I think, or twenty twenty one. Yeah, popped one up and he goes, "It's not really an RPG," but for some reason it still gets a pass. In right. the RPG and it Bloodborne. Bloodborne always gets ranked with great RPGs. The only thing you get in Bloodborne is the ability to upgrade shit. Yeah, like that. To me, Bloodborne is not a role playing game. It's, it's not. not. There and needs to be choices in role-playing games. Yes. Period. If you're playing a role-playing game, you have to be able to make player that's choice. You have makes, to role-play. I mean, if you look at the like the original, the grandfather, the end-all, be-all of role-playing games, you look at Dungeons & Dragons, that's what set it apart from every other game. The player got to be in the game and make choices you for his character. You played the role of the You weren't just following the path of the character. You were making those decisions, those yeah. choices. If you don't have choice-based things or if they give you choice-based things but they're very face value and don't matter i don't give a fuck it's not it's not really a role-playing game i agree 100 percent. 
and it's lost. Like the the yeah, actual now, legit pe- role playing game is yeah. gone. People now are like, you choose your class, and you can upgrade that class. That's a role playing game. That's a role play. You're like, you're no, right. No, it's not. But it isn't right. So out of all these games, especially in a game where you get your skill trees and it's like, there's like 15 things, like it's a role playing game. Like, no, by the time I beat this, I'll have all 15 of these skills unlocked. Right. I don't really have to choose which path to take. No. Because I'll get them all eventually. Yeah. I mean, if, like you said, if there's a skill tree and and any sort of in-depth customization, it's considered role playing. And I disagree. I'm with you. If you can't role play as the character, it's not a role playing game. Like, like they they consider Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Assassin's Creed Valhalla role playing games. I think they're more role playing games than games like Monster Hunter Rise. But even to me, they're not really role playing games. Like you know where they're going. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to be able to do anything that changes. Yeah, they're you, the get, story. you get choices for them, but they're still right. linear. The, it's very linear. Like they're that, more, that's another thing. If it's open world, it's a role playing game. Oh, you're right. Yeah. If it's open world, it's role playing. Yeah. Like no, no, it's not. No, there are very few legit role playing games out there. Very few. That's why, to me, at the least mainstream ones. Right, Cyberpunk should win this because it truly is a role playing game. Every decision you make can matter in that. Right. It's, I mean, in the end, by the time you get to the end, you're you're faced with like four, I think, different overall outcomes for the main storyline. But you still get to make the choices to change that. Mm-hmm. And all the one thing Cyberpunk does better than most role playing games is you actually get to influence the outcome of the side missions. Mm-hmm. And the side missions matter. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're they seem like something. I think I think they should nominate for best role playing game. They should nominate the Mass Effect trilogy remaster. Dude, right? Why not? I mean, that's the greatest role playing trilogy of all time. So why the hell not? But of the role-playing games, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei Five, Tales of Arise, Scarlet and Cyberpunk. Nexus looks great, though. It, it does, does look great, look like but I can't game. speak to it because I haven't played it. I haven't it. played it. I played a little of Tales of Arise because I had it a demo. It looked fun. I watched you play it. It looks awesome. It seems role-play-y, but I don't know because I haven't played the full game. We do need to come together and do like you said and do uh, our best our best video games of the last 10 years. Oh, absolutely. Like, wh- wh- one for every year. I mean. Yeah, that's going to be an episode, no doubt. Because it's a it's a thing that just took off on Twitter recently, uh, and I I would like to do that. Our game of the year for the last ten years. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, I'm going to gloss over most of this because we've gone well over an hour. Yep. Um, last thing, the nominees for game of the year 2021 are. It Takes Two, which a lot of people love, and I haven't played it because it takes two. (laughs) Uh, Metroid Dread, have not played it, but a lot of people love Metroid. Psychonauts 2, Um, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, I'm surprised that's on there. Absolutely not. Absolutely fucking not. I'm so surprised that's on there. And then Deathloop. Those are the nominees for Game of the Year. Six nominees. Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Ah, I want to play Deathloop so bad. Resident Evil Village. 
I just as someone that that knows about all these games because I watch a lot of gaming content on YouTube and I listen and I read articles. I I think Psychonauts two will win Game of the Year, but I wouldn't be surprised if Deathloop won it because a lot of a lot of like big sites oh, really I, like Deathloop. I can't wait till Deathloop wins it and people are like, "Oh yeah, Microsoft owned Studio won Game of the Year," <laughs> right? That's a good point. PlayStation won Game of the Year, but they had to do it developed by Microsoft. Is Deathloop a PlayStation exclusive? A timed exclusive, maybe? It was. Yeah. I don't know if it is now or not, but if I remember correctly, it was. It was I feel like it was supposed to be a PlayStation exclusive, period. And then Microsoft bought the studio. So I don't know if it will release for the other consoles or not. I'm interested to build a list of my top game of the year over the last 10 years, though, because it's going to be so vastly different than anyone else's, I think. It might be more like Shinobi's on Twitter where he was like, Dead Space 2, Mass Effect 3, Dragon Age Inquisition. He was laying down the hammer, and I'm like, yep, I'm with you, dude. It's definitely not going to be off the wall like fucking Persona 5 three times and Transistor like Mr. Matty. That's just dumb. Yeah, Deathloop will come to Xbox Series X. Mm. Oh, well. Oh, I think it looks like a fun game, and I want to play it. I do, too. The only reason... Honestly, the only reason I never bought it was because when I watched the trailers, it seemed cheap. Like, if you watch the trailers, it's like, these graphics aren't very good. It seemed like... I don't know. I feel like that's... For me, personally, that that feels like Arcane Studios. Yeah. Because, like, Dishonored... Had a very cartoony kind of look and to I it. And I love those games, but it does. Yep. And um, Prey looked like they tried to be more realistic, but still it was kind of. Yeah. Prey was a good ass game. That ending, though. The hell? So weird. I don't know. I didn't play it. <laughs> it's a good game, though. Good game. I got far too many games to play to just pick up a, any willy nilly game. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious also to hear what our game of the years would be over the past 10 years because we don't play as many games as people that get paid to do so. Yeah. So we would actually be giving you game of the year based on the average player, you know, that can't play 52 games a year right. and finish them. You know, we're some we're, we're people that have the time to get through five to, to ten max in an entire year. And one of those five to ten is going to be Call of Duty and Battlefield. <laughs> right. So that so nine games, not yeah, ten. Right. So but you're gonna get an honest, like layman's opinion of what yeah. the game of the year would be based in the last ten years because we don't get paid to play games for a living. Be I awesome wish. if we did. Yeah. I'd play every game. Oh hell yeah. Play every game. I'm going to get this game shit next game. <laughs> right? I'm going to get my review. I mean, reviewers never finish games before they review them now any day anyway, so. On, um, a, on a side note real quick, reviewing oh, yeah. is always open to interpretation, or anything being reviewed is open to interpretation. Um, I can like something and you can not like it, and I can I can hate something and you can love it. I say all that because I just learned recently that Roger Ebert, the greatest movie critic of all time that everybody credits, blah, 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 whatever. He hated Tommy Boy. He said it was absolutely not funny. And the only good thing about it was Rob Lowe. 
Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, As a, and, I, and I have to disagree with him pretty hard on that. Yeah. Cowboy is a classic. I mean, you have to wonder though. It, it speaks to how films can transcend time. Like when it came out, you know, Tommy Boy may have seemed like slapstick nonsense for the era. And then as as time moves on and a new generation, you know, takes it in, it just becomes a whole new thing. Like for the time, you know, maybe there's all these like art, you know, like um, Odd Couple and stuff, you know, things like that. They're like amazing things for their time and they're witty as well as funny. And Tommy Boy was very slapstick and off the wall. Like, for the time, it may have seemed like a stupid movie. And then over time, a new generation picks it up, and it just takes on a life of its own. That's a great film. I don't care. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's a great Chris movie. Farley, dude. Yep. Yes. Tommy Always Wikey. yes. Tommy want wingy. Cow dipping. That's my favorite part. my face. It hurts. Not here so much. Or here. <laughs> but right here. Nope. All good. Tommy Boy's awesome. She's up in your face. I knew it. <laughs> well, to wrap it up, the only other category I'm interested in currently, I'll be interested in, in the mall Thursday. Game. I want to see what best porn game. Oh, well, yeah. The most anticipated game. I want to see what the nominees are. I'm curious. Mm. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Six. No. But I just think it's Skyrim PS5. Yeah, I think it's funny that in the nominees for most anticipated game, since they don't even have a title for it, they're just like the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> that's it. That's all that's in there. Because they don't know what it is yet. If you don't know what it is yet, then do you know it's coming out next year? Uh, that's a good point. Because it shouldn't be. Well, I, I guess it's most anticipated game, but I feel it's like a, it's I supposed like, to come out next year. Yes, though. it should. I don't if, think it will. If but you it's don't know to. it's coming out next year, then it yeah. shouldn't be on the list. I agree. But the one, the nominees I mean, most are... anticipated game, uh, Squadron Forty Two. <laughs> yeah, it'll be here when you're dead. Yeah. So the nominees are Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, mm. Horizon Forbidden West. Oh. The sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and Starfield. Those are the one, two, three, five nominees. I don't think Starfield's coming out this year. No, it comes out next year. No, I don't think it does. I, I think I it will. I don't think it does. No? I'm calling it. No. no. I mean, they got November. They got a long time. Mm. I'm going to say right now that I think it will, but I won't be surprised if it doesn't. Mm-mm. It's somewhere in that like 60-40 range. I literally just read a couple weeks ago about how it's not even ready enough for them to do a beta. Like a public beta. I don't think it's coming out until 2022. Especially not in the world we live in, where games get panned to fuck if they're not flawless when right. they release. Unless they're made by Bethesda. Yeah, yeah, right? Well, this is a Bethesda game, so they're fine. They'll release it, no doubt. Oh, uh, true. <laughs> yeah. Just release it now. Yeah. Block you. don't need a beta. No, it's Early fine. access yeah. on Game Pass. Yep. Boom. On that list, that that's hard. It's Rag- for me personally. It's Ragnarok. I haven't played Breath of the Wild because I only just got the Switch. Um, but for me, it's yeah, it's it's God of War too. The way, the way God of War ends, I yeah. lo- it's hard because I love Horizon. 
But God, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if when I play them, I like Horizon Forbidden West more than God of War. But as of right now, my most anticipated game is yeah. definitely God of War Ragnarok. Yep. No doubt. No doubts. Like, and part of that is because like the story of Horizon Zero Dawn, the story of that game wrapped up pretty well. Like, where they don't, they didn't need a sequel, but you knew they were going to, and, right. and I'm fine. I want a sequel. God of War One or God of War Four, whichever you want to call it, it ends on a cliffhanger. Like you, you need to see where the story goes from there. So, so I give it to Ragnarok. Yeah. And I'm excited for Starfield, but I don't think it's coming out 2022. I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't, and even if it does, um, I don't know. I don't know yet. I I truly don't. Is it going to be playable on Xbox? Or is it going to be a PC game? Oh no, it's Xbox. Okay, it, it'll be on Xbox and PC. Um, yeah, that should so be. I was going to say I wasn't really anticipating it because I don't think I'll be able to play it. But I, if it's if it's an, I thought it was a PC game. Yeah. If it's an Xbox game, all right. So by then you can have my Xbox, and I'll probably have a Series S. I would imagine at that point, probably toward the end of that year. Yeah, because Xbox has when nothing the, when I the want next to play. Xbox console launches, <laughs> yeah, and right. we finally get that game. Yeah, because I'll 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 buy the Xbox solely for Starfield because I'm curious enough. Um. But until then, until November of next year, I see no reason for me to buy an Xbox. I'm not, I'm not big into Halo like you guys are. <laughs> I, I've enjoyed Halo, I may not be but I'm either. not into it. So, so yeah, I can wait. I can wait for Starfield. The way Infinite's going, I may not give two shits. Unless, of course, they decide to all of a sudden release the next Sinua game. Oh, then I'll buy one immediately. Yeah. But Heck I yeah. don't know. They announced another one years ago. It seems mm-hmm. like I don't know where it's mm-hmm. at. Mm-hmm. That's the MO now. If that you, is. If dude. you're planning on doing a game somewhere down the future, just announce it and work on it later. Yeah. You know, you know the second a studio shows up at the Game Awards or E3 and makes a big ass, huge, awesome game, and it's like, yep, it's coming out in the next six months. That will immediately become my favorite studio ever. Yeah. Because most of them are like, look at our awesome game coming out, T- TBA. Yeah. And then seven yeah. years later. Here's our awesome game. Can't wait to show you the trailer next year. Yeah. Like, oh, seven wow. years later, you're preparing for the release of the yep. game they talked about. It's like, fuck you guys. Like, I get it. They're doing it to drive up stock. You know, it, everything's money-based and these publicly the traded is, companies. But I, I hate it. I don't want to age seven times before playing your game. Yeah. Like, I'm 31 years old. I want to play I don't game. have seven times left. Yeah. <laughs> And when when I have to wait seven years, five years for every single game I want to play, let's just stop. Yeah, it's kind of humbling. Months, right? Twelve months max. If you if you, it's not going to be out in twelve months, don't announce it, or be transparent. Like this is the level we're at. That way, I can gauge my excitement levels. Here's our new game. We. We just started level design. Oh, okay, it's going to be a long while a long before, ass yeah, time. before, yeah. before it comes out. Now, here's our great game. We can't wait to show you more than four years past. Here's our the next trailer for our great right? game. The first we can't trailer. Wait to show you more. Yeah, four years later, the Stop first trailer. Showing me more and show me the fucking game. Yeah. Like one of the things, it's kind of humbling if you think about it. Time is finite, man. It is, and given the amount of time nowadays that takes for a game to release. Like, it's like, how many games do I have left in my life? Right. 
exactly. know, if it takes five to eight years to release a game, I'm, not, I'm get, super pumped for him. What am I going to get to play not, three more games? I'm not going to get dead? to play Dragon Age Six. <laughs> oh hell no! I'll play. F- I'll pass that on to my yeah. my kids and grandchildren because I'll be fucking dead. Yep. <laughs> I'll be toast before I figure out what happened to the hero Pharrell. And damn it. oh yeah, they gave up on that a long time ago. Yeah. Something, something happened to him. He's got a kid. Yeah, mine does. Oh, mine does. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I don't care what character I'm playing through. I'm going for more. Oh yeah, every Morgan. time. Oh dang! Shut up and take my baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we went an hour and a half. It's good times, good fun. I had to get this episode in because uh, the next episode, I'm not sure, probably won't be till Spider Man at this point. Yeah, you got a busy weekend. Yeah, busy weekend, but. I don't. I'll be sleeping. Maybe painting. Yeah, some more sleeping. If we can find the time to squeeze one in about the game awards, maybe. But before between now and Spider Man, I'm not sure. But there will be an episode about Spider Man. You damn straight. It won't be till Saturday night because we didn't manage to get tickets until Saturday morning. So we'll probably watch it Saturday, and then I have a Christmas thing to do, and then I'll be home at like eight, and hopefully I'll be awake enough Which Saturday to is start this? pounding the 18th. Okay. Okay. Saturday the 18th, 12 o'clock, we're watching Spoderman. Spoderman. And then we'll see. We'll do a show. We'll tell you what we think. Could be good. Could be bad. Yeah, it's little Spider-Man. Bit, little column A, it's little gonna column be, B. It's going to be great. It's Spider-Man. If Andrew Garfield shows up, it A+. <laughs> That's all it takes. Give me that Andy. Start doing movie reviews with like school grades. A minus, right? A minus. <laughs> we should. That'll be our. That'll be our niche going forward. Yeah. We don't give numbers. We don't give stars. You get, you get the standard, right? You know. Do do like, uh, I? I gave it a D plus, but yeah. I did put a side note. Good effort. Good. Yes. Good effort. A, a D and a plus for effort. <laughs> You're a dumb kid. You're a fat kid. What, what is it? You're a fat kid. You're. No, you're a good uh, kid. But you're a fat little bit boy. Yeah, you're a good you get, kid, you but get, you're a fat little boy. Any fatter, the angels won't be able to carry, carry you out of heaven. <laughs> what is that? Is that jumping it? That's jumping it. Yeah, yeah. you're a good I love kid. The Irish. But you're a fat little boy. I love boy. the Irish, but they're so honest. Went up to one fella and he says, "Johnny, you're a good kid, but you're a fat little boy. Get any fatter, the angels won't be able to carry you to heaven." <laughs> it's true. I love it's it. So good. God rest you, jumping it. Yep. The death of comedy, right there, man. Yeah. Truly. Stand up. Stand up world's dead without John. We miss you, John. We love you. We still got Jim. Jim. Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cut pockets. <laughs> Go your dead pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, it's good. We appreciate everybody. Always. Appreciate you listening. Absolutely do. Yep. It's good fun. Good shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get back to you more and more in the future. Definitely because Book of Boba Fett. All right. <sighs> so we have this weekend. And then beyond that, we have Spider-Man, The Matrix, Book of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. The Witcher Season 2. Mm-hmm. Um, all this shit in four weeks span. All of it. There's going to be so much shit to talk about. Prepare prepare for the old days, all right? For three-hour episodes, motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. No more of this hour and 15-minute bullshit. Like, we will do this <laughs> the, the old, old ways. ways. Ready the Armada. We're bringing the long episodes back. So 
legitimately grab drinks and get totally plastered and you listen get, to three-hour episodes. Get blitzed, bro. Totally blitzed. Yeah. I mean, we will. Three I'm hours? Gonna, I'm going to be bringing, be so I'm much gonna be bringing my, uh, my cocktail set. You're going to hear some shaking going. <laughs> I mean, you hear everything else. I'm going to make the strongest drinks known to man and oh, then just talk I'm about in. Boba Fett. Make me an old-fashioned. I don't know how. 90% whiskey, 10% everything else. <laughs> In a 16-ounce glass. Yeah, I'm in. Just hand you the shaker when I'm done. There you go. Just give me a fifth. Let's do this. <laughs> just give me the bottle. <laughs> give me a bottle. Dump about a shot of the bottle out and then pour something else into the bottle. There you Here, go. Here, have an old-fashioned. <laughs> Here's your old-fashioned. Have a gallon of old-fashioned. <laughs> Stop right there. I'm in. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Big December coming up. All of this good shit. Can't wait for you guys to hear us talk about it. Dude, <laughs> I just thought I had a thought. Oh, I can't wait to hear what the theme song for Book of Boba Fett's going to be. Mandalorian's got that cool. Because I'm not sure who's scoring Book of Boba Fett. What's going to be Boba Fett's theme song? Right. It needs to be. It needs to be as Western as you can make it. Right. It should just be. It should just be the Ecstasy of Gold. <laughs> just, <laughs> just straight up. Don't even do anything new. Just. Ecstasy of gold. They should just grab the the man with no name theme from Good, Bad, and the Ugly from Ennio Morricone and yep. be like, "Yep, this is it." This Book is of it. The, the, <laughs> the man with no name. He walks in. I'm Boba Fett. Zap <laughs> oh, Brennan. I'm the man with no name. <laughs> Boba Fett. Oh, it's good. It's exciting, man. End of the year. There's good shit coming out. No shortage of content. We just have to find the time to record. And the motivation to do it. Well, yeah. And not forget to do it. That's the, well, big, that's yeah. the big kicker. Yeah. yeah Brain. Yeah. My Brian is My Brian <laughs> needs some help. All right. <laughs> my Brian needs some help. My, my Brian's faulty. Yeah. But my Brian is working just enough to tell you if you want to follow my adventures online. You can follow me at Bearded Toy Man on Instagram. That's about it. Sure can. But if you want to follow Patrick's adventures online, you have more options. Um, yeah, it's uh, uh, Ranton underscore Atlantean on Instagram. I totally forgot what it was there for a second. Or Hanji FTW on TikTok. H-A-N-G-E-F-T-W on TikTok. Where he's somewhat of a celebrity. Yeah, 5,000 followers now. My oh. power level's over 5,000. <laughs> it truly is. Yes, it is. That, that's not, that. that's truth. That's truth. Yeah, follow us on there for all kinds of random shit. It's good stuff, good stuff. Always toys. Uh, Patrick's got humor because he's more witty than I. Uh, just stupid. So. I got stupidity. That, and people laugh at it. That That's all it takes, man. That's all it takes. Follow us online. We'll catch you guys uh, after Spider-Man comes out. I hope you tune, tune in and uh, listen to us either love or hate on the film. We, we will see. But until then, we have spoken.